Hey everybody, welcome to the Little Rock Games Game of the Month Club. We are here today to talk about a game, but before we do that, my name's Joe. I'm Brad. I'm Tanner. I'm Olivia. And I'm Robbie. Excellent. Back to the game, which is called Grease. It's a game published by Devolver, or Devolver Studios, and developed by Namada Games. Grease is a game in which you play a woman who is running? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. How to describe Grease. Is she working through an emotional crisis? Is she running away from something? We're not really sure. Is she but fixing the world? Is she Stay fixing the world? Is she restoring her sense of identity? All of those things are possible. More technically, it's a platformer with gorgeous artwork that we'll talk about a bunch. Absolutely. And uh, with that, I guess I'll open it up to whatever people want to say first. A platformer puzzle game. Would you call it that? Would yes. Puzzle light. Yeah. Let's call it puzzle light. Puzzle light. Puzzle. I, that's what I would call it. Puzzle yeah. hyphen light. And I mean the puzzle. L I T E. A puzzle like. A puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the notion of it a puzzle. It is a puzzle game. Like, Not quite. It was I found it pretty puzzly, and we can talk about that um, when we get to that kind of puzzling. stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and puzzling at, at some pieces. First impressions? So, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. The, uh, the first time I played it, it was like 2 in the morning, and I was by myself with headphones on. It was completely dark, and that was just like a great way to start the game off. Mm. It's sort of a really, like, intimate immersive experience uh so if you can i recommend playing it like that if you haven't already played it at, at 2 a.m in the dark with headphones yes okay. yeah <laughs> by yourself yeah. noted every one of those is a key point yeah. part of the experience maybe light some candles okay. right right you know <laughs> what should you have eaten before <laughs> almonds and what cheese were you wearing sticks. almonds and cheese sticks <laughs> nice yeah yeah but yeah, I mean, it is a really immersive game, right? Because not only is the art just gorgeous, it's like, it's it's hard to even describe, right? Like, it starts off, it's very, like, based on, like, it's really bright. Um, it starts off as just whites and grays, and it slowly gets more colorful, and it's just a beautiful, like, it's watercolor at some point, and, and it all looks hand-drawn. Yeah. Sure, at least the vast majority hand-drawn of Hand-drawn 2D illustrations. All the animations. Yep. And the sound design is absolutely excellent yeah. too. Um, kind of minimal just... and and mm -hmm. uh, but but very very together with the theme. Yeah, atmospheric, atmospheric. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I mean that's how I describe it. Because I mean it's not um, there's not a whole lot of game there. Um, that was one thing I saw yep. like people criticizing. It. I don't think it's a criticism, but um, so it's not a game that, to play if it's something that you want to just like have something to like occupy. Like it, it's not like very tactile. It's an experience. Yeah, it's it definitely it's like an immersive, like expressive art piece. Is that, what it feels like. That seems factually incorrect. Yeah. It's one hundred percent a game. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. It's but... more of a game than what? Well, no, it's more of a game than like. You know, I don't I hate this term, but it's more of a game than a walking simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Like you literally have to Definitely. like. You can't just go in a direction. You'll. you'll I totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah. This is just criticism yeah. I saw of it that I was for well, one I, surprised for, and yeah. part of it might be because of what sort of the audience of Devolver Digital is for most of their other games that they publish, and mm -hmm. the type of audience that mm -hmm. that that overlap might have been like. I don't get it. Like what yeah. a, you know. Well, I don't know. I, the, I well, know the company has advertised it as like an easy game, like yeah. a platformer that you should be able to play with like little to no background in games or even in. I, I thought this claim was a little bit dubious, but like without even using like written language, you should be able to play the game. Um, and just with the sort of trend of like super hard platformers, sure, I can see like the contrast Celeste. there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it it it's it's a solid platformer game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and definitely like if no one had played a platformer before, this would be a good game for them, except for like one or two parts. But, yeah. Yeah, there are two sort of lightly difficult jumps. Yeah. But that's about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I had that written down, actually. It's like, I the whole game, it was right, like, I was in the zone and doing great, and yeah. then there was one jump where if you're not double yep. jumping right at the height yep. of your parabola, 
you can't make it. Nope. And Which it, is a weird choice. It's right? so bizarre. And it's yeah. interesting. If it's, I don't know if it's the same place that we're all thinking yeah. of, but it, I remember the first time I ever got frustrated at all, and like I, I like having trouble getting past a part, was the first time the like big dark bird shows up, mm-hmm. and it like screams at, at you across this like really long chasm. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. But um. But there's lots of points like that, yeah, where, like, it's sort of unexpected with the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's mm-hmm. some of the puzzles to get the, like, little collectibles that are a little bit harder, but yeah. for the most but part... But, yeah, that's kind of... Which, that's okay, though. Yeah, that's yeah. totally not, not not anything to really... Yeah. So, I am going to totally disagree with all of you guys. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, tell us we're factually incorrect. No, you're, you are factually <laughs> correct. You are totally factually correct. Um... <laughs> I I was I really had mixed emotion or mixed feelings about this game because one it is I think the the most beautiful game that we've played certainly in in my opinion in the podcast possibly one of the most beautiful games I've ever played period uh, it's absolutely gorgeous the design of it the minimalism of it the color of it uh, the movement of it uh, the sound of it every screenshot looks like a painting yeah it is it's. I, I I did. I felt like in, in all these different spots, I wanted to freeze everything and just take an image of it because it was just absolutely such a, a beautifully designed, um, a beautifully designed piece. Uh, you mentioned that it's immersive. It was not immersive for me, for a couple of reasons. I don't like platformers in general. Um, I thought that I was going to be okay with it because it because of the art and because of the story that it was telling and all that. But the combination of the platformer and the trickiness of puzzles and double jumping and things like that, I'm just really bad at it. And that took me out of the immersive part of it very, very much to the point of frustration with Joe. Because Joe picked this game this time around. And I was sitting at my computer and every time I would get to one of those things that I couldn't jump over, I was like, God damn it, Joe, you're lying. What is this one? I don't know why I took it out on no, you. No, it's but, okay. Uh, that's what it that's felt no like. That's no problem, Mike. <laughs> so... Um, and this is not in any way a criticism of the game. It is wonderfully beautiful as it is. Even even the parts that I'm not good at are the the way that they did things. For example, like there are parts of it where you don't see where you're going to be able to run to and jump to next. But if you just run and jump in time with faith, the thing that you land on just kind of beautifully appears underneath you. And the timing that it takes... And the, the pixel-perfect timing of, of that kind of, those cues in the game design blew me away. And I was, I was in really just really in awe of that. Um, but the whole thing of having to jump against a wall a whole bunch of times to f- feel like I was f- trying to find the right spot to jump or the right time to jump just takes me personally out of it. And it's just because I'm not good at that kind of game. Uh, and again, not a criticism of the game itself. I, I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like, I guess I had a slightly less uh, difficult time with it, but there were still parts in the game that, for being advertised as like an easy platformer, and it seems really sort of like maybe not narrative like focused, but like emotionally focused. Yeah. Uh, I still felt like some of the the puzzles were a little bit like hammy or cheesy. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Sure, so like I get it. this is the specific thing you wanted me to do. Yeah, the climbing into the big, tall, round clock thing that you had to go to that get it. That took me a right. few tries, I was, too, I yeah. was, It was maddening. And I think that is, I didn't make, I'll be straightforward, I didn't make it very far in the game. That's about as far as I made it. Um, but I did, because it was so beautiful and because I was so immersed in the story side of it, I went and watched a, a, a speed run of it on YouTube. And it is amazing. It works as a movie, um, and I want to talk a little bit about that as we go a, a little bit farther down. But um, first, I want to completely disagree with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you just said. Uh, <laughs> Can we just take so, turns disagreeing? Are you saying are you saying I'm not bad at platformers? Because <laughs> you are good at them. Stop lying. I beg to differ. Um, so I want to talk about how I. And this partly could have been an expectation problem. So I, I found the artwork to be stunning, as you guys are reporting. But I would describe this game, at least my experience of it, as beautiful but hollow. So I, 
I, it is. I, I agree with you. In just purely visually, aesthetically, mm -hmm. a game that is it's staggeringly beautiful. But what I wanted out of it was more than that. And I found mm -hmm. the, the narrative pieces that were trying to hold that together through the course of the game to be, they, they didn't take me where I wanted to go. Um, and, and that's, that doesn't, like you, I don't want to say, oh, that makes it a bad game because I don't think it does. And, and I actually really, I like your point. I, I think for me, part of the gaminess issue was just that platforming is such a, there's so many things that it's weighed down with now as a, because there are 47,000 yeah. platformers yeah. that it, as a choice that became like something it would always be measured against. But, but I would like to talk about the narrative because yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted more, you know, and, and I, I'm happy to take an abstract experience and just go, okay, well, we're meant to sort of see this emotional unfolding and it's impressionistic and I get all that, but it, it, it left me feeling a little hollow. So, yeah, so I definitely would like to jump off of that because I was talking, we were talking about this almost exact same, same thing before Guy Tanner and I were. Um, and it was based mainly on the fact that before I played Greece, before I even knew you picked it, I had seen a Twitter thread, and I know that that's the best authority of all time <laughs> on video game opinions. Um, it was by Anna Anthropy, and she was talking about the use of metaphor in trying to tell a narrative. Um, and I'm not going to recount like every single detail of it, but the gist of it is, and I, and I feel like I agree for the most part, is that if you're... Because, I mean, the thing is about Greece is that it's a story, for the most part, about grief. It's about the exploration of grief, or it's about the fears that you face while grieving, and it's about like going down this like horrible, depressive spiral and coming back out of it again. Um, but because it doesn't attach it to anything, it's just it's a game about the metaphor, right? And it mm -hmm. and it feels like because uh, the whole time because I actually and I can talk about this too. I encountered a game breaking bug and was not able to finish the game, but I watched the the second part of the game on on YouTube as well. Um, but the whole time I like I, it was beautiful and I felt like I felt immersed and I felt odd, but I did not feel emotional. Like it's not mm -hmm. like and I compared it. Um, earlier to like like for example the beginning of up mm -hmm. it doesn't talk about grief as a metaphor it shows you someone experiencing it mm -hmm. right and i bawled like a baby in 10 minutes is all it took for me to feel that human connection right and i get what they're going for in greece it's a lot more expressionist and it's mm -hmm. beautiful but i didn't really feel the emotion as much as i was hoping to yeah so, so super quick follow-up and then i know other people want to talk so I did experience delight. So mm -hmm. um, that's true. Like, I'm not saying I, I was no, totally no, 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 no. Yeah, but I just time. I wanted to, to kind of echo that because um, because the overall narrative didn't give me the emotional experience I was hoping for. But I experienced multiple moments where I just literally was like sort of giggling out loud with the experience of seeing a new mechanic yeah. materialize. Yeah. Like when the when the swimming mechanic first that was appeared. Amazing. Yeah. Like the way that they balance the swimming so that you get these like bursts of speed. For me, that was just delightful. I yeah. was like, oh, this is so perfect. And the swimming up waterfalls yeah. and swimming through these sort of and the, waterfall squares. And the song. Like so yeah. so I had I had delightful experiences <laughs> that were so pleasurable, but but it was just that larger emotional. Yeah, I, so I that's feel all. like the moment to moment was beautiful and aesthetically appealing and had all of these like a charged things but again i feel like the overall like trying to like see like this is a story of someone's grief or a story of someone's sadness or however one might interpret it um i just felt like it was trying too hard to be a metaphor so i think it's 100 percent possible for a game to just rely only on metaphors and to be really really effective it's even possible for a platforming game i think just this one didn't um there i had i had moments that they weren't emotional, but they were, I, I could get what they were going for, but it was more like an intellectual experience. Mm -hmm. So like, like the bird, um, that was, that initially was like, uh, a scary thing and was initially like, oh, this is like an enemy. Uh, and then suddenly like, as you progress, then it's, it's really helping you. Like the, as it screams at you, it propels you along. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. That was a yeah. cool moment and something that like I could intellectually tie into my own life you know what i mean and it's like oh that's really cool and or like towards the end i remember thinking 
like uh, you know all the color washes away, but you but as opposed to at the beginning of the game when there's no color, now you have all your skills and you can go up all those pieces and yeah, kill. like and that was really cool and that's mm-hmm. another thing intellectually I can tie to my life like okay yeah this is a kind of bleak moment but look at all these skills that I got from my journey mm-hmm. that's really cool but I didn't like you guys said I didn't feel any of that and I could even like understand what they were going for. But even then, it's like, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying about the grief process. I don't think that's my, that would be my experience. But I guess I see what you're going for. But it was also just like, yeah, kind of kind of empty. I, I think because it's, it's abstract, it is metaphorical, um, and, and you're kind of removed out of that, out of, out of the, the process. You're removed out of her grief. There's no reason for you to feel the grief that she's feeling for these statues that are broken and for her disconnection to that. And I, I kind of feel like um, that having to do all the mechanical flips and jumps and button pushes to get there, again, for me personally, that pulls me out even farther away from connecting to an emotion yeah. like that. I don't. So I would disagree I mean, with you on yeah. that because I feel like the struggle with the platforming and having to solve these puzzles and it being difficult is goes further to elevate the metaphor to me because it because it in some ways it makes it seem like <laughs> so much disagreement. I know. Well, <laughs> it was so frustrating to me that it pulled me out because of that. struggling to like achieve to to move on you know and, yeah. and having issues and falling and having to get back up again I feel like that's all sort of that's probably I, why they picked I feel a lot more of the like, platformer mechanics. I feel more like it could have. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's like like that's what they're going for, sure. That the you know the struggle and the journey makes that destination worth it. Except it it didn't. Like I just struggled through a bunch of stuff, and now it's just okay. The statue cried. (laughs) Right, I get it. (laughs) Like I hear what you're saying. Remember in uh, uh, what remains of Edith Finch, the famous uh, uh, cannery scene. Where mechanically you're moving the fish along, right, and you're chopping and moving fish and chopping and moving fish with one hand on your on the keyboard or mouse, and the uh, yeah the 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 mouse was moving the fish and chopping yeah and the keyboard you're sailing the boat at the same time that was immensely difficult uh, to coordinate and yet that was I think the most emotionally connective part of maybe that whole. Mm -hmm. That whole game. Well, because not only did it show you what was happening and having you do the thing, but it also made you feel this weird sense of dread towards mm-hmm. knowing that something was going wrong, and mm-hmm. like there's a lot tied up in that. Yeah, a lot of narrative tension, and and obviously I'm also relying on metaphor, right? In this kind of parallel situation mm-hmm. where you've got this guy working at this super mundane job, and he's creating this entire sort of imaginary life, and the Anyway, yeah. The, the, the physical and the imagined at the same time. You're having to compensate both of those mm-hmm. things with your keyboard and mouse yeah. while you're, you're experiencing the narrative really from a first person, at least with the chopping, mm-hmm. um, a, a first person account. Yeah. So I, I want to say another bit. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I know we're reiterating this or we're iterating it, but the, uh, I mean, there are lots of things to really love about the game. Yeah. So I, I feel yeah. like, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the things that made us unhappy, but I, I do want to say I'm, I'm so glad to have played it. Yes. Um, but the other thing for me that was problematic is just that a lot of the tropes were, for me, kind of canned. So, so there are a lot of things you could have asked a female protagonist to do. And to do with grief, to do with her experiences, to do with... And the primary sort of emotional response she has at the end of each level is to start, is she bursts into tears, right? And she sort of becomes this ball of, and I, if it's a game about grief, and, and I think you could, they may say it's that, but you could obviously interpret it as yeah. about it being about other things. I have like four other ideas um, of what it could be. But, but yeah. I, that I found a little disappointing too. So if you're trying to express an emotional narrative through metaphor, it, making the sort of most obvious choice over and over and over again mm-hmm was also a kind of problematic thing for me. Like, I was like, well, what are some other things you do with grief besides crying in a ball? Um, and so, anyway, I I, yeah. I, I just I want to kind of get at some of those things that are... I, I totally agree with you, but I feel like that they balanced a little bit of that out with, with Robbie's example earlier of the bird thing. So at the, at the first moment of, of the bird, it's screaming at you and it's a fear thing. And then by the time you've gone up those little those little platform levels, about three or four levels, 
it's an empowerment thing. So you've made that transition from fear to to empower, letting being empowered by your fear, right? By the thing Absolutely. That, that that you fear. So I think little things like that. I do totally agree about the uh, ending up in a ball crying thing. Yeah. Well, so for me, it's really just a question of why include that little mm-hmm. moment because I'm a, I absolutely agree. Like I found it super satisfying to use the the avatar of the of the woman and have her be triumphant in these yeah. sort of you know turning into a block. I thought was yeah. really fascinating yeah. and totally. Mm-hmm unexpected and i was like man i love this block i could become and the different ways that you and, could use that res- yeah i can resist the the pressures mm-hmm. i can i can but so that's why it was just weird that we always ended up in the same transitional place which was okay i've done all these triumphant things and now i'm going to be this sort of i crying i think that's, that's the second strongest reason in the game that it's about grief because when you're going through grief you, you have moments where you're experiencing lots of different types of emotional states, but the cycle sort of, at least for, for many people, yeah. even like each one of those stages is like, they're still crying involved. Like yeah, they, they explicitly designed like the five different like colors as like the five different stages there's of also, grief. Mm-hmm. I think right? there's achievements for each stage yeah. of grief as yeah. well. So, mm-hmm. so the, the first four colors and the last one is just acceptance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, to sort of to sort of loop back a little bit, um, I guess I'm kind of an easy date in terms of <laughs> emotional satisfaction in games uh, in this case, because I, I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, not so much for the narrative, but sort of like what I touched on earlier. Um, it was like a reflective experience for me, and that's where I got most of my enjoyment. Um, and it was it was overall positive. Like Olivia looked at the stream from when I was playing the game and was like, "Wow, you look." like really grumpy the entire time you're playing it. And it's because I was just thinking pretty much while I was playing it. Uh, And I do agree with Joe that I think that they could have played more with her being a little bit more expressive at times. Like, I think that's a valid interpretation of like grief and depression. Uh, But I mean, part of those stages is anger and denial and and other things. Those are achievements. Yeah. But the way that they're represented is like, it's less like being angry and more res- it felt like a resistance of like because that was the, yeah, there was the yeah. red like the one of the first ones like right after you get the block right, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. but it's not it's not just stonewalling against like the pressure of the wind and everything you also use that to break shit you mm-hmm. know yeah. what I mean that's true mm-hmm. we, yeah can we swear on this podcast oh, oh yeah. right. we can now <laughs> um, no and literally all I'm all I'm interested yeah. particularly in is how the cycle always brought yeah. us back to the same image. Mm-hmm. And partly that's also kind of, for me, a sort of slightly gendered problem. that You've sort of created this female protagonist who you're, you're trying yeah. to create some sort of process. And yet, um, and I, you know, this, this may sound a little, it's not going to sound prudish because it's not. The, the, you know, so there's this sort of um, idealized nude form of the female that kind of repeats throughout the the game too which is interesting and beautiful but it also i mean if you take a gendered read of the thing it's a little problematic that the two most common repeated forms of a woman are crying in a ball and and being like this objectified nude statue and so um you know so i i mean i don't know it partly depends on like how you read into the rest of the narrative right because i sort of felt like that the statue was the part that was lost right that was trying to Mm -hmm. be like so reactualize but um i do agree with you that there's a little bit of like an imagery issue with like oh like we have this story with this female protagonist and she's like the woeful like wailing woman right and i feel like it's more nuanced than that a little bit but there's still the fact that like why did we need this narrative about this thing in this way well look on the bright side she was a woman in a skirt and we didn't have to look up her skirt over and over and over again as it as it billowed out and flew through the wind. If only Yoko Taro made this game. Uh, yeah, the, but the second... I miss near. I mean, th- those two things happen a lot. You see the statue a lot, and you see her crying, I guess, five times. But you also see her, you know, uh, take care of some weird forest creature. You see her interact with birds. You see her... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, jump and take on fearsome creatures. and you, Like, that's the same person that's also yeah. crying is the same, or the same thing that's crying is also the same thing that's doing all of these triumphant things. And it's, it, she doesn't just suddenly become a ball of tears. 
that ball of tears is the same thing that's doing all the other stuff. So part of me, though, is since this is supposed to be this weird abstract generalization, of it's not tied to this one person's experience. It doesn't feel that way. I mean, and literally it is because it's this one woman going through all of this. But because we don't really get the concreteness of the narrative, I, I feel like it's trying to say like a bigger thing about what grief is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but the fact that that's always like the culmination, like the, yeah. it, it feels like it's trying to like say too much about that. And then it, the fact that it says it in that way. Yeah. Okay. And I, I listen, I'm, I'm not trying to go too far down the gendered road here, but it's worth imagining the game if you had a male protagonist. So if you had a male protagonist who had statues of himself nude, like scattered throughout, and then at the end of every level, he curled up in a ball and cried, I think there would be, like, people would be, like, confused by that reading of a male mm-hmm. character. Um, whereas we sort of go, oh, it's a woman, so these are totally normal things that we would we'd be expecting. So mm-hmm. I, I think maybe until I got the, those first achievements that, like... There's one that, I mean, they're named stage one, stage stage four, depression. Like, it goes through DABDA, like, pretty specifically. So I think it wouldn't, yeah, I don't know. That that part didn't seem out of place. To and it might be reading a little bit too much into it, but it's definitely something that I thought about while I played yeah. it, too, so. We don't have to, you know, yeah, yeah. be labor. No, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not like we're having a baby. <laughs> Let's talk about more good things. Yeah. Yes, there's so many good things. So, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wish in some ways that the game was about twice as long because my favorite part of the game was the last sequence of levels where they introduced sort of all the puzzles together. Yeah. And I could play mm-hmm. that for like mm-hmm. another like three hours where you're like, you have the mirrored levels and you're singing and you're like changing mm-hmm. direction. And yeah, you uh, and I, are, I could watch you play that for hours. <laughs> right? You and I are very different in that respect. <laughs> I should also say that from the almost the very beginning, I the game was so stunningly beautiful, and I was so compelled by just moving forward in it yeah. that yeah. Um, that I almost immediately didn't care about my normal sort of platform completionism. So like mm-hmm. for about a for about a level and a half, I was like, "But there's this area over here. Uh-huh. Should I take this ladder first, or should I go clear this out?" And then I, I, I got to a place where I couldn't go back, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take the next thing that's in front of me. And for the whole rest of the game, I mm-hmm. never had a second thought about, was there some little secret place? Was there like some high point that I could have gotten to but didn't? And for me, that's pretty unusual, because especially in platformers, I'm always looking for like the, the, the secret, like, yeah, the, and the things that yeah. are... Yeah. Um, and so I think the, the way... The, the level design on this this game, the, the bigness of the level design yeah. is... The strange geometry. The strange mm-hmm. geometry and the fact yeah. that... So th- one thing that frustrates me a lot about these kinds of games is that you have to... You do something way over here that lets you do something farther down uh, somewhere else in the, in the thing. Or you have to... You go really far to the right... And then you find out that you need the thing that's way, way back to the left. And there was a tiny bit of that in this. But the, the, the way that they built this really nice, well-paced linearity into it that was looping and, and really used up, down, back, uh, left, and right um, really, really well. Yeah. Uh, made, I, I felt exactly what you are talking about at the beginning. I kept feeling like, did I go the wrong path? Did I miss yeah. something that's going to mess me up? Yeah. Am I going to have to start over or go way, way, way back? Because yeah. that happens in games like this all the time. And it was so well designed to keep you... There were really only a few directions that you could go and and and, and get... And, and you got yeah. there. You know, if you were just doing what needed to be done, you got there. Yeah, no, the level design was superior. And, and the more I think about it, I mean, beautiful but hollow is one way of saying it. I would also say that it's a really beautiful toy. So that that was part of my experience too, like the mm-hmm. an, the kind of ambience, the little kind of mm-hmm. things that you could affect mm-hmm. but not yeah. really interact yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. So like the little mm-hmm. plants that would like get up and follow you, and then when you go back to talk to them, they would like crouch down in the ground. I definitely again. spent some time the, just trying. I know, yeah. like sneaking up on them, and and the fish, like the in the, in the water yeah. levels, um, the little and, birds, and, the and fish again, and yeah, the delight, the first moment when you invert gravity yeah in this game for yeah. me was so 
that was a kind of sublime joy when I was like, oh, wait, we're flipping over, and then you're kind of reversed. And and I know there are other platformers that do that, but but I just I found those little so toy-like elements. So very, yeah, when other platformers, enjoyable. when I've seen other platformers do it, it's the trick of it's it's just bare face mechanic. It's like you have to do this thing and jump this way to get upside down to get to this thing to jump over to get back right side up. Yeah, and I get it. This game. Uh, now, granted, I was just watching this part, so I don't know how frustrating it was to do for the actual guy who was playing it. But this seems so fluid, and, yeah. and you went you mm. you went straight from one to the other, and yep. and almost symphonic. It was yeah. I, I, I mean, some of the best, most beautiful mechanical, like so the painted levels, the levels that painted away and painted back, the 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 trees made out of water. Mm -hmm. I mean, like yeah. swim. The first time I realized I could swim up like into a tree made of water was so yeah. oh my god so perfect it had it has a lot of things that you would always expect there to exist in a platformer but they just did it in a way that wasn't like i mean it some of it was exactly what you would expect but it they they did it the right amount at the right amount of time yeah so that it didn't seem like this is just a platformer. Mm -hmm. right. and, like, I'm, and I'm having to do that thing where I have to time my jump exactly just yeah, right. Yeah, I, and I remember I felt like I'm getting towards the end of the game. You know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen uh, an elevator platform. And then there was those beetles. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's elevator yeah. platforms. But it was just the two of them, and that was it. Yeah. And it was like, cool. Yeah, yep. that's all I needed. And you, you mentioned the timing of... of some of the like background elements and stuff, Brad. One of the really really cool points was when you walk across this like really thin platform, and that like yeah. the uh, I don't even know what they were the big fan sort of a fan yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and, and it's timed perfectly yeah. so that so the if you just second, walk at full at regular like, speed the yeah. millisecond you get yeah. there it's bright for yeah. just they were like gear like fans because that was in the mechanical area right yeah it's yeah. immensely mm -hmm. immensely yeah. and, and that's just an example of just how like perfectly timed and assembled yeah. like so everything yeah. that like thing this. that the way that that unfolded for me is, is a really good illustration kind of an emotional illustration um, of trust right of trusting yourself uh, trusting where you're going trusting your ability to get on the path and don't stop and keep going, and it will all happen yeah. for you, and you get to where you need to go, which was just yep. brilliant. And from like a t uh, technical standpoint, like really all the animations uh, are mechanically just a great tissue that holds the different experiences together, mm, right? Yeah. Like the way you are jumping up from flying on your like the bird powered like mega jump <laughs> yeah. into like the a thing of water and jumping out from there to where it inverts yeah. the level and the transition into singing and the way they tie uh, those animations very carefully together with the the sound mm -hmm. um, yeah. associated that all worked really well for me I was never like oh that's kind of kind of janky how that works and especially in contrast to so many platformers that sort of run on not necessarily like a retro art style but right. like a very just mm -hmm. straightforward you know mm -hmm. even if it's a cool art style it's not necessarily as polished and beautiful as this is mm -hmm. so yeah i i wouldn't see a screenshot of it and be like that's platformer no right. whereas no, no, like no. most platformers yeah, you can yeah. do that yeah so. definitely but yeah coming back to that idea um about sort of continuity um and this is tied to that completionist thing i mentioned earlier so there were a couple of moments where i I was following the level sort of the way it seemed to want me to be following it. And I came to a ledge and I, yeah. and you know, and, and in other platformers I'd be like, Oh, wait a minute, I must have missed something. Yeah. And then I would go. And in this one I was like, I All guess right, it's time go. to jump. Yeah. And then I would just leap off the ledge and, yeah. and there is. <laughs> and, and you would a, be in the right space. Yes. When you did it, and right? there's a combination of things, right? The aesthetics are part of it. The way they set up the mechanics is part of it. And so, so in terms of that, right, in terms of level design mixed with aesthetics um, and, and, I mean, for me, that was really beautiful. And then to land on, I really loved the, the glowing elements, yeah. right? So where you landed and the lights burst into level and then the lights slowly faded. And as they, the lights faded, the level itself faded. Mm -hmm. So those were really fun to kind of land on. Um, mm -hmm. Although one of the tricky jumps happens at one of those too. Like, yeah. like where you have to... You have to, like, you have to make the last jump pretty much in the last half second of yeah. that platform exists yeah and, and if you yeah. don't hit it you're gonna have to go reset the whole thing yeah, and... some of those uh those trees the disappearing trees yeah. Yeah. they were and, and it's funny because some of them i feel like we're on a timer 
and then later they yes. were not no yeah. longer on a timer. They were they would just alternate every jump. time you jump. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah. and, and that was satisfying too. But yeah, it took yeah. me a long time to figure that out because the previous ones were just on. A timer. Yeah, so so, yeah. so, so the, the first yeah. the first set is on a timer of. If you just run and jump where you should jump, it will appear below you and open in front of you. Yeah, you have and then, to plan for where they're going yeah. to be. Right? And, and yeah. the next set... Um, you have to get a pattern you, right. Yeah. You had to get a pattern right and, and wait for a second and then jump. And then the third set was you had to uh, turn them on and off by jumping. Yep. Yeah. And just in such a short span, having three different mechanic changes right then and there yep. was, was, again, just, mm -hmm. just wonderfully original, I think. In even though I got caught up sometimes, the only one that didn't really land for me is, I think it's in the middle of, like, the water level. Uh, and it's it's oh. the first introduction of a mirrored puzzle, but I had no, like, like conception that it was mirrored. And so for me, <coughs> there were the solid pillars rather than the sort of, like, uh, transparent pillars. So that was always a rule oh, in terms of yeah. what you could walk through. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so what, the, what the puzzle was was that you saw it reflected in the water. Yeah. yeah. And the water, you couldn't see the holes, and you were just supposed to, like, know where the holes were by looking. But yeah. I never made that connection, and I got through it solely by just, like, yep. frustratedly pushing against the wall, and then suddenly <laughs> yeah. I was able to go through it. Yes. I was like, well, that's dumb. Like, <laughs> So I know there was a trick to it, but that was the only moment in the game where I didn't feel like I figured it out and I didn't really feel like I was sort of right. led to that. Isn't that the only uh, place where they have that puzzle yep. too? Just yeah. that one little that, So when I was watching the playthrough of that, that part was confusing. I And I just assumed that this person had, because he was doing a speed run, had played it so many times that he knew exactly where to, to go sideways. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't catch that. He, he would, his, his little character would disappear through a wall, through the, the darkness, and then come out on another side. And I was like, how does he know because, where where he's going? Yeah, I didn't realize I, I that spent there was a guy. Half hour in that section. Yeah. in between that and sort of un uncovering the underwater like birds mechanic, ah, uh, that yeah. was just bad luck. But the the first one really frustrated me. Um, There's definitely some places where it's a little bit difficult to tell yeah. the foreground from the background. Yep. I feel like for the most part, like ninety eight percent of the time, it was masterfully done, and you could just yeah. sort of tell. But there were some times when I was like, oh, I can walk through there, and then bonk. Nope. Was, but yeah, I wonder if that's me, a design choice. It took yeah. me a while to find the first set of underwater birds, too. Yeah. I actually thought they were butterflies, but... <laughs> There's something. Underwater <laughs> birds? I think those are called or... fish tanks. <laughs> 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 They're underwater birds. They're underwater flies. <laughs> but yeah, no, once I found them, then I was on the lookout. But, yeah. but that first set, I was like, what am I missing here? And mm -hmm. then I finally noticed them like down near some seaweed, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and then yeah, and then that whole new idea that you can sort of maximize your breach dive and get were, them way up high, and then there are about like four separate puzzle areas there because it's like before you yeah, ride the turtle down, it's the giant temple sort oh, of that thing. Turtle, yeah, just, be just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I just I swam back and forth in that space. That was the one part where I got kind of frustrated, and it was that puzzle in particular because mm -hmm. I came down to the last one. I was just like, "What's going on? I can't get so, this." Quick but... question: Did all of you play it on PC? Yes, yeah. with a controller. Interestingly, so that controller. apparently the Switch version has rumble controls that will tell you when you're near stuff that you can. Oh, that's nice. that's no, the reason I know that is this is actually a comment from our Patreon supporter, Lyle Jorgensen, who also played the game Hi, Lyle. with us. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, shout out. Um, so he's a red green colorblind. Uh, and he played this game. Yeah. And he said that he had a lot of frustration with the foreground background yeah. and also finding the red butterflies and stuff but because he was playing it on switch the haptic controls made it to where he could figure mm, out where right. they were so that's an Brilliant. interesting thing yeah um because they did some interesting accessibility stuff with this game like trying to make it language agnostic because mm -hmm. there's no ui with text other than the menus yeah right and uh, then it's just a it's like continue exit that's right thing. right but um, even then they're they're arranged uh, as your analog so but but i guess you're right you have to yeah. read it to know yeah i feel like there could have been like symbols accompanying that. Yeah. So I found that to be sort of like a strange claim. Right. Uh, when I think I would have had trouble. Because well, they also had stuff that was like, it. this is the controls, like telling you what button to press. Yeah. And that sort but it's of thing. the symbol that matches your. Yeah. Thing, yeah. So. But there was uh, there was rumble on my controller on PC. Okay. But I actually turned it off because I didn't really like how they were using it. Uh -huh. So it is possible that it might have also had that. Yeah. I wonder um, I just, if there was any analog that I just missed. For PC, just using it without any control, just using the WASD control. Mm. I wonder if maybe there was a sound or a light. 
I don't know. I mean, I'd like I, to go I, back and revisit I, that. I, I tried it with both a controller and a keyboard trying to fix the bug that <laughs> yeah. was happening. Aww. But, um, yeah, I played it with keyboard and I didn't notice anything. Okay. So I, I don't know. I think it plays a lot better on controller, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, Probably. the placement particularly for the abilities. Yeah, the K. Yeah, like you're sort of, I guess, K- I, yeah. I never saw the rest K of the K is the button <laughs> no. for the ability. That's when I pulled out the controller. I'm like, uh, you yeah. want me to press this K has here? To be... I'm going with the controller. <laughs> yeah. Because... Uh, the word stone starts... No, I don't know. <laughs> In Spanish, the... No. Um, so, oh. Yeah, go ahead. So I also... Uh, I actually think that their their metaphor works. All the metaphors that they have, like, work. It's just... It turns it into an intellectual experience, not an emotional experience. So I really liked... I, like... I know I made fun of it earlier, but I, I liked getting to the end and then sort of having a better idea of, like, who the character is. And, I mean, it, it might not be what they had in mind, but her relation to the statue, in my mind, kind of filled in the whole gap or the whole narrative. And I was like, okay, that that's kind of cool. And now I kind of get more about what you were saying. Um, so I think they did a pretty good job crafting all of that. I didn't yeah, find definitely. myself projecting a narrative onto it when there wasn't one. Like, there was a point when I was like, oh, I think that this is her mom. So, I don't know oh, why so I started I, thinking that, but I was just like, I got it in my head that this is her mom, uh-huh. and she's grieving her mom. See, least, and so I played it, and that's that's where my headspace was. At least from how I engage with the game, that's sort of what their intention might be. Like... Because I, I found a lot of value in it from being reflective. Not necessarily, like, a specific instance uh, but just sort of mentally walking through how I interact with the same situations. And that didn't necessarily mean that it was matching up with how the game was doing it, but I guess to me in a lot of ways it's like looking at a painting and there's no specific narrative and it might not match up with the same way that you engage with it, but just the process of thinking through it added a lot of value right. for yeah. me. Uh, and apparently if you collect all the, the optional doodly-doos, the, the mementos, um, there's a... <laughs> They're called doodly-doos, yes. is what I learned just uh, now. <laughs> you get, uh, like, a secret scene, and oh, it, it is her okay. mother. Um, it is? Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, really? So it, yes. it goes back to a scene with her and her oh. mother, and I didn't oh. see it, but I looked up what the achievements were, because I was wondering yeah, yeah. why I missed so many, because uh, it didn't seem like an achievement-heavy game. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's. Well, I don't know. I don't know how I got uh, that impression. If there were hints that I like subconsciously I picked up, I didn't get that. I mean, makes me to me. She looks. I didn't get that she at looks all. younger. Yeah, than it seemed like, yeah, that's like I like my version. Person. Yeah, <laughs> in my version, the statue is her. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. essentially rebuilding herself. I, but it felt right. like she looked different to me. Yeah, like, she, she, she did look different. different. Well, that's like just was... because of. A lot of things had happened. Yeah. All right, she got her hair cut. I think I think and to fit the metaphor, she was I on a, had a couple of bad relationships. <laughs> when there was that in white between, level, though. and she got some clothes. So right. what was that? She got some clothes. Right. So I think we all just need to calm down <laughs> and but recognize so, that people change sometimes, and they might look different, I, even though they're the same person. I kind of <laughs> thought of it more of like, uh, so the statue is this grieving person. And then the character that you're playing as their um, their mind or their soul or their ego or whatever that has to go through this emotional process to rebuild the the person and sort of at the end they, they sing together mm-hmm. they're and then through she, like, it climbs up and, and they're and away from yeah. right and they're like in harmony again because they've gone through the I got, I, yeah I got That's just how I expressed it, it. Yeah. but apparently it's your mom so, <laughs> well, so I think, thank God we missed that scene I, yes for sure. <laughs> At least I hope that's what the developer's hope was, is that you would have these different interpretations. Because yeah. that scene is if you find all the hidden collectibles in the game. So it's a scene that most people are not going to see unless they have sort of, like, an itch to know what the story, like, actually is. Yeah. Like, the, and if you the... want that, just look it up on the internet. Exactly. Like, well, like we just did. What's interesting, <laughs> though, is it's weird because, you know, I know I've said this twice already, but the game seems to actively discourage that kind of play yeah like like i i did not like i i immediately felt like this is not a game where i should be looking for lots of extra stuff mm-hmm. and so it's really strange to me now to think In, that they well, because yeah, they know they that there are people like obscure would. yeah like i thought those mementos only existed because they thought like oh this game's really easy we should have something to appeal to the right. hardcore platformers so yeah. let's 
toss in a few extra puzzles for these things. Yeah. That's literally all I thought yeah. it was. And that was actually the biggest source of confusion for me, right? Because the hub spaces are like at the end of the level. Yeah. And then I picked up, I'm like, okay, there are these hidden collectibles that I need to unlock something here, or at least check this box. Uh, but I feel like I found everything. It, it was specifically at the beginning of the game. Like, I was like, okay, I went through this first level, and I get the end, and it's like, you missed, like, four mementos. Like, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is, like, a hub area that I'm going to come back to, so they're ahead of me. No and I, back. I think it is. <laughs> like, it, I think well, yeah, it is, but it so, changes, yeah. and so yeah. the whole environment's different, and I was really lost in terms of sense of space. Sense of space was weird, because I kept... Like, the direction you go and where you end up, it does not make sense. Yeah. So, well, I think they yeah. did that. I think it does it's make like sense, but it's just so big. Yeah. Uh, so many of the areas are so big. Like, when she's, there are scenes where she's falling, that the, yeah. the, the leap of faith kind of thing, where in a lot of games, you would have fallen off that, and, and in about a, you know, a half a screen down, down below what you could see, you would hit the ground. There's so much space of her just falling yeah. and drifting or sliding down a a, a, yep. a slope, and I think that it did move you in through a kind of a protracted space. And then teleported you back to the hub. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I wish that's that's a thought I had too. That there were times where I would get to the hub at the end of a level, but I didn't realize it was the hub because it, it looks completely different every yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it looks different, but it also it blends in with the art style of everything else so it just yeah. feels like okay i got here well it's a and different, then i'm like oh haven't i seen that oh it's right because it's, it's the hub now well yeah yeah it, it changes but like it's a i wish that when i got there i wish that like everything there like had a white outline or something just mm -hmm. so that i knew like once okay. i fell into it it was like oh okay <laughs> that was the end of that one now <laughs> right. yeah. yeah now i now i go to a different thing exactly yeah. um i want to bring up a couple of other things um what games did this remind you guys of any, anybody? Uh, it kind of reminded me of this uh, platformer called VVVVVV. Yeah, because it's just sort of like, here's a little puzzle, and here's another little puzzle. And I really liked the gravity mechanic in that one, and the flippy one when that came in, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It felt a little bit like they were going for something of that journey, absent flower feel. It felt a lot like that to me, partly because of the 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 silence, the, the water levels. The, yeah, that <laughs> the um, really long flippers. Yes. Um, it, of course, it felt a little like the some of the puzzle aspect of it, uh, the mechanical puzzle aspect, felt a little like Monument Valley, and maybe uh -huh. also the the sort of minimalist art. Sure. Um, there was another one that I can't remember what it was, what it was called, but you're two D three D. No, it's a, a it's an What's iPhone game, and you're going kind of up a tower, and it's kind of pixel art, and there's a deer in it. In fact, I think the deer head was. Yeah, I might have just dreamed this. I don't know. Uh, it's been a long week. But no, what's um, the what's the one where you, it's two D and then it becomes three D? That's Monument Valley. Right? No, no, Fez? no, no. Fez. Yeah, yeah. Fez. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like that too. Um, there are a few games that kind of occupy that same sort of yeah. Uh, there was twisting uh, mechanic. White Swan. It has like a similar thing with like color restoration. You're like in this yeah, white world yeah. and you're like repainting it. Uh -huh. um, oh, it's like, like Gorgoa. Yeah, has a really gorgeous art style that yeah. I didn't even think of it, but um, but but the art style and and actually weirdly, uh, it reminded me a little bit of Banner Saga, <coughs> just because the the, the super stylized, yeah. very Empire. like mm -hmm. highly animated. So yeah, Empire the, too. Um, yeah. That kind of well, I th I think that those three games kind of own a. Uh, uh, this one in, in Pyre and, and Banner Saga, the amount of of art that they put into the actual movement and the play yeah. of the game was was uh, kind of on par with each other. I still think this is one of the most, probably the top of the list of the most beautiful game I've ever played visually. Mm -hmm. So I've been Googling it the past couple of minutes, but I can't remember. I'm never going to find it. <coughs> but in the very old version of Game Maker... Before it became Game Maker Studio, there was a series of platformers. I want to say it was by a developer named Nicholas, but I, I'll never remember if that's actually the case. But it reminded me a lot of this game. But like his art was like kind of good MS Paint art, yeah. <laughs> and you played like this white globular dude, like it's just va vaguely humanoid. 
But then his his backgrounds were like here's here's a giant snail and here's a giant rock and then yeah. suddenly now you're in a cave and there's glowing things and it it felt very much like it, and that was the first time that I'd ever played a platformer that was like not clearly just blocks and like tiles that are you know laid out and it's yeah. like okay I go here and here it was more like an, an organic yeah. sort of thing and uh, this felt like the the ultimate version of yeah of that. You just reminded me too of the who were the guys who made Machinarium? Oh yeah, because they made a couple of games before Machinarium that were like web based that had that had that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. where and then they after Machinarium they made that one with the little creatures and the on the on the plant. Do you guys remember what I'm talking I think about? So. The plant. I don't remember. There's that. like a little group of five creatures and they're trying to survive. Little echo. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, what I think cool, Visually, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't yeah. even okay. come up with a name. Yeah. Okay. I'll, it had, I'll have to it look had it had like up. really big, gorgeous, each scene yeah. was gorgeous yeah. art. Yeah, yeah. Micro, macro something? That's okay. Oh, man. I'm going to look it up now. Oh, well, while you're did looking, you oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Robbie. Did anyone notice, and I maybe I was just making it up, but in the underwater level, before you get the turtle, if you try going straight down, it's too dark and you it can't go. It does bite you. But those those things that are swimming back and forth look like the thing from that game Flow. The yeah. whatever character you are, yeah. the half circle with the little lines behind it, those things look like that and they're just mm. going back and forth. Huh. Which I thought was kind of cool. So this game had a jump scare in it, which I was not <laughs> expecting. The yeah. with the eels? The, eel? the, eel. the eel. Oh yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of expecting it. And watch me jump. On, on YouTube <laughs> Tanner falls out of the chair. <laughs> All right, so for the record, um, Machinarium was developed by Amanita Studios, and they also developed the game I was thinking of. It's called Botanicula. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's um, not the one I was thinking of. And the games that came before were called, it was a series called Samorost, or Samorost. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, which had these, like, their illustrations are, are fantastic in, in both Machinarium and Botanicula. They're a little rougher in Samaras, but they're they're like what you were describing. Yeah. That kind of like these large organic creatures that are, are the background and you know, that stuff is really can yeah. be really satisfying. Um, what so that's games that it reminded you of. The, so it was also especially because I was when I got too frustrated to play it and was watching the speedrun that this guy was doing, it became a uh, of almost a not theatrical but a, a, an animated theatrical experience um and as i was watching that it reminded me of a few things um the silence of it the quiet of it reminded me of kubo and the two strings oh okay right yeah, was yeah. it two strings yeah. Uh, yeah. seven strings seven strings kubo Point and the two strings. Strings. <laughs> the 12 string double neck the yep. bass guitar um yeah, it also reminded me of uh, Fantastic Planet. Who have we all seen? Fantastic Planet, nineteen seventy three. You've seen it, surely. You've Probably seen it. It was a I French have. animated. No. Um, go out and see that. Um, another even weirder one called Gondahar from nineteen eighty eight. You remember that? <laughs> Finn Gillette, I think, does one of the voices in it. Um, but it's this sort of weird, detached, slightly quietish, moody world. Um, where there are sort of long, long pieces of silence, and it's animated. It reminded me of a lot of the art of uh, Mobius, Jean Girard, uh, and some of the uh, some of the tamer uh, heavy metal art. Yeah, from Heavy Metal Magazine. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So anyway, yeah. You that... can imagine the intersection of all of these things we just <laughs> right. mentioned. See, we need we need like a reference collage. Bit of... Yeah, yeah. Reference. I'll try to put re... I'll in the in the texty stuff yeah. on the website. I'll try to the do that. Part. But this is where I think Robbie's point about sort of intellectual versus emotional experience of art comes yeah. for me, um, because because it was for me like there are pieces of art, sort of museum pieces of art that I find really emotional. Um, and this was not, I didn't have that, that experience. I had the right. experience of recognizing the, the sort of aesthetically. I see what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and thinking this, that is the craft of that is, yeah. is impeccable. And I can be delighted in the experience of, of having been able to take part, yeah. but, but in a week or a month or a year, I'm not going to, you know, in the same way. I mean, there's like, so in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York city, um, there's a, a Rodin sculpture called the kiss. That to this day, the first time I saw it, I was probably fifteen, and and I to this day I can still picture 
exact the the kind of perfection of it mm -hmm. and and the like the the longing for love right that that something perfect can give you mm -hmm. so anyway that's a long way of saying I agree with Robbie. Well, no, okay. <laughs> on that point, what a stunning <laughs> time! <laughs> hey. Well, it's interesting. I disagree with you, but <laughs> that's fine. I'm disagree with you too. <laughs> well, hey, I agree with you too. Oh, <laughs> well, it, it's that's right. It's the new era for Game of the Month. <laughs> Next, we tackle the Middle East. <laughs> well, that's exactly the the that that emotional side and the uh, understanding the beauty of the art side. That's the way a movie like Fantastic Planet made me feel. It was, um, I sat through the whole thing and I saw what they were trying to do. It's about, um, a little bit about abuse and a little bit about othering and about um, slavery in a, in a weird way and control. Um, and it's French and a little bit avant-garde. And the, the avant-garde artistry of it does detach you mm -hmm. from the emotional investment in it. And I think that that's something that this game has in common with that kind of uh, beautifully animated, rich, uh, uh, and unique medium. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, right? I mean, you take a... So there's the kind of magical realism and absurdity of a film like Brazil, right? Mm -hmm. um, which, for the ending of Brazil for me, was heartbreaking. Yeah. You know? know and so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, high school philosophy class. Wait, he's Can not I talking about the country Brazil. <laughs> He's talking about the Jerry Gilliam. Film. I mean, same with like so Pan's Labyrinth, right? Yeah, another I was, good I was example, exactly right? thinking. Pan's so the kind of yeah. the magical realism of trauma, you know, of trauma. So it's actually parallels this in some interesting ways, where you you sort of forced into a, a, a magical, fantastical world by trauma. Mm -hmm. And Pan's Labyrinth had an incredible, like the emotional impact of that was really strong. For Very me. visceral, yeah. And I, I think it comes back to that point about what was the thing we were talking about an hour ago uh. with the. Oh, it was your thing with the chopping fish, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that um, Pan's Labyrinth, right, brings the kind of real and the imaginary together mm -hmm. in a way that allows us to experience both. And here we only get sort of the imaginary. And maybe that's probably, right. for me now as I walk away, that's the way that I can frame it that, that makes the most sense to me in terms of why I don't think I got the emotional. Because so I missed me, that last scene. If only I'd seen that last scene. <laughs> so for me, I, the reason that I felt like for me that that was doing was because I was so distracted by the, uh, by the mechanical and by the, by, by the gameliness of it, by the mm -hmm. puzzle solving of it that was just frustrating. It, beautifully, beautifully frustrating. Or frustratingly beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> sure. um, Let's but, go with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Frustrating? Exactly. Yeah. Like Both a Rubik's Cube. No, more beautiful than a Rubik's Cube, I think. And possibly Greece, more frustrating. More beautiful like, than a Rubik's right. Cube. Because I can take a Rubik's Cube apart and snap yeah, it back together in the right way. With the right screwdriver. <laughs> right, right. I mean, in a way, isn't that what happened? That is what was, happened. Wasn't YouTube I, your... Yes, yes, YouTube was my popping the pieces <laughs> off of the room. I do, yeah. by the way, I like that initially you told us you watched a video, and then later we learned it was a speed run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, there is something sort of beautiful about speed running, so yes. I mean, yes. it's a different experience. It did. It definitely gave it a more like an animated hour, movie. Hour 26 it was, yeah, so, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, right it up. <laughs> nice. Um, and it was a, I, again, not quite theatrical, but it was like an animated movie. And, and the reason I'm not calling it theatrical is exactly what you're talking about. It didn't pull me emotionally into it, but it did pull me in, in into the beauty and the interesting and the, mm -hmm. the watch how this thing flows. Just watching the booty, be, the beauty of the movement. Yeah, watching I did the not. What? I did not say watching the booty this time. Yeah, I think you said. I think you said boom tubes. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. Watching the boom tubes. boom tubes. That's another game. I've been um, told. So I know we're winding down, but I I would like to just say briefly that the I know we mentioned the sound design and the and the music earlier. Um, I was really impressed with the use of the music. Um, and, and that's probably, interestingly, that's probably where I was most emotionally engaged mm -hmm. because some of the kind of melodic choices and the, the ways that they use environmental sound and mm -hmm. environmental music I actually really gripped me in ways that the, that the rest of it wasn't getting me. There was something about that little sound that your little feet made on the like, constellations. Yeah. yeah. Like, over little, and over again. I uh -huh. don't know what that specifically... Well, and, 
And I was really I impressed with the, they did the kind of silence underwater. So the first time you dive oh, in the water yeah. and then the, cause it happens at a waterfall if I remember right. And the waterfall then is dead silent. So some of those mm -hmm. sound choices for me were really powerful. And I'm like, yeah. this is a really, I can only hope if I had been wearing headphones at 2 AM like Tanner was, <laughs> it would have probably been even better, but yeah. Um, but that, that for me, again, combined with, again, some of the choices in the music, that was really, really powerful. So yeah. huzzah for that. <laughs> um, th th I have to say, this is the most enjoyable game that I didn't play yeah. that we've done so far. <laughs> I that I barely played. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is, I, I nice. really love not playing this game uh, in, in a big way. <laughs> so shall we say any final thoughts we have? Starting with Robbie. Oh, whoa. whoa. Going backwards. Reverse. What? Yeah, we are. Um, I I liked it. I think it was a solid platformer. Um, maybe it shouldn't be someone's first platformer, but I think, you know, if, if you like platformers, you'll like this game. Um, maybe not necessarily if you like hardcore platformers. Um, <laughs> there's like a sweet spot kind of in the middle. If you, if you like if you, this game. If you've played two platformers like, before. Then, then you might, and you like them. You think my mom would do okay be. with this one? She, she's never, I don't know. Never seen oh my gosh. How is she with parabolic movement? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so it's a solid platformer. The art's really beautiful. Um, the metaphor works, but it's not going to make you feel anything. <laughs> but I, I <laughs> such a good fall, <laughs> and I wish it were happier because it's also just melancholy and depressing. Um, but I still recommend it. <laughs> That's it. That's what I have to say. Excellent. Yeah, Olivia. All right, my turn. Um, yeah, I mean, I said basically everything I had to say about the game. I really, really enjoyed it. I really, really was disappointed when I had a really terrible bug that I was unable to fix and could not finish the game. I guess we didn't talk about that yeah, very much. Yeah, should we tell them? Let's tell them what the bug is. Cause yeah, I had a weird movement bug. Uh, I, I played it, like, up until <coughs> right before the blue section in one sitting. And then when I came back to the game, just there was this movement bug where I couldn't change directions while on the ground. I would change mm. directions, and then my character would be frozen in place, and she could... She would animate as if she was going, but she would just sit there in one oh, spot. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I, if you jump, it fixes it, and then you can keep walking. But as long as you don't change directions again. And I was able to get through the whole underwater level <laughs> like that. It was fine. I didn't have, Actually, when I was swimming, it was no problem mm. with when I was, you know, once I got that power. Mm -hmm. um, you sure you weren't holding down K? <laughs> maybe I was holding down K. Um, that's sort of what yes. it felt like. I had my elbow um, on the K. Um, <laughs> That was but a yeah, nice mansplained moment. <laughs> You're welcome. But I, I got caught right before the cutscene, when you, right before you unlock yellow, because there's this thing where you would enter, the, where it starts the cutscene, and it would try to move the character to the exact spot where it needed the animation to happen, and she couldn't move. Mm. So, oh, wow. yeah, and so I couldn't, I couldn't proceed any further. We also so. couldn't find any other instance. I, I googled it so. for probably 40 minutes and could not find anybody else that had that. Maybe it was before. you were having a secret level experience too. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it was about that's, frustration. It was about yeah. I never I never got out of the depression part of the game. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what that means. means You're still there. I'm You're still there. there. Uh, we should email the developers and ask them what's the motto with their game. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, all right. Speaking all of right. don't get distracted, right. I had a, I, no, I had a movement bug in ninth grade, and I had to break dance all the time. Oh, there you go. Nice, uh, Tanner. <laughs> so I think for probably the first time, I'm the the biggest naysayer, uh, because what? What? I thought I thought Wait, the opposite yeah, was true. <laughs> Well, in Surprise terms of the twist. general consensus. Oh, it benches of the green. Yeah, I feel like I'm usually with the, uh, whatever the word is, opposite of dissenting opinion. You're the peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> Cons sure. Consenting adult. <laughs> I'm generally part of the consenting adults. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. What about when it's generally not? Yeah. I'm really sorry, Janet. Wait. Flatboard. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're emotionally connected with me. Uh -huh. uh, but no, um, so I didn't really come away with a feeling of like, feeling like I was missing something from the game. 
Uh, overall, I really enjoyed everything, apart from a few, like, weird spots. Uh, so maybe it was just, like, the right moment for me uh, with the game. Uh, maybe it's just certain kinds of people in terms of the story, but uh, I see what everybody's saying. It was just a little bit different for me. Nice. Nice. Um, nice. I'm just going <laughs> to stick with what I said earlier, beautifully frustrating or frustratingly beautiful. Um, that's that's it in a nutshell for me. Beautiful, but hollow. Mm. 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 Pain's like Labyrinth an, without the Spanish fascist war. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that's what they needed. Beautiful you hear me, Spanish developers? Like a chocolate bunny at Easter. Go back to your roots. <laughs> we know yeah, what Pan's you really want. Your roots. No, I, yeah. Very, very beautiful, filled with moments of delight. But in the end, I just, I wanted to feel more. You needed that glass bottle scene. I needed that glass bottle scene. Okay. That was the moment that stood out for me in Pants Lab. Oh. Particularly gruesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I must have blocked it out. Yeah, maybe. I, I only remember the happy times with the little woodland creatures. <laughs> All the happy now. times, really. Yeah. That's what stop, I remember. If you stop yeah. watching the movie at, right at a certain point, it's a great I always fast thing. forward through the fascist <laughs> parts, yeah. the family abuse parts, just to get back to the woodland creatures. That seems... That's the way. Are you sure you didn't like it? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, coming up next time we have... Who's next? So this will be our first game determined by the Patreon poll, of which we have one person who voted on it. (laughs) Is it Lyle Jorgensen? Yes, he has ultimate power over... Yay, Lyle! Speaking of fascism, (laughs) some measure of control in something in your life, you two... Can join the Patreon. You can get that for less yes, than a cup can. of coffee. Yes. But I guess we can get. Do we? Do we want to announce it now or give it to the end of the month? And cut this out. That's that's, no. that's announce. Announce it now. The, the, All right. That's how it should be. Yeah. So right now, let's. Uh, I know what it is. Uh, so our game of the month for next month, courtesy of our Patreon poll, is going to be Anodyne by Analogy Six Studios. Nice. Which is, um, I actually don't know that much about it. It's sort of a, a it's a top-down sprite-based sort of RPG yeah. um, that's supposed to be really surreal and really interesting. Um, I've heard lots of good things about it, and a sequel's about to come out apparently. So that's a thing. Play it fast. Play it fast. Well, cool. Um, Excellent. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Back us on Patreon. Back us on Patreon. Email us your thoughts about the game. Join our Discord server. Do all of the things. Nakatomi Plaza. (laughs) The email is playlittlerockgames at Thanks for listening to the Little Rock Games Game of the Month Club podcast. Our theme music is Plain Loafer, composed by Kevin McLeod, and is available under the Creative Commons license via freemusicarchive.org. You can also find us on the web at littlerockgames.com, on Twitter at PlayLRGames, on Facebook and Instagram at littlerockgames, and you can now get exclusive Little Rock Games content by becoming a patron on our Patreon page. Just search Patreon for Little Rock Games and join us. As always, we appreciate your support.